Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Man, good to see y'all this morning. What a beautiful morning. My goodness. Online church, we love you. Thanks for being with us. I mean that. Uh, our online audience continues to grow, and you're faithful, and we love you for that, and we thank you for that. Um, let me say something real quick before I jump in. I don't want you to be alarmed at the time and like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be here forever. I've got a nugget. I'm going to give you a nugget this morning, okay? That right there was the message. That preaches on its own, amen? That just does. I was sitting down there worshiping or standing down there worshiping and God's, and I heard God say this to me, Jeff, I'm not done. I'm not done this morning. So I think there's at least one or two or many that watch this. And through worship, God said, that should have been you. That should have been you. And you know that. We can leave this up. Next week, we can do this again. If you're online joining us this morning, you watch those baptisms, you said, Jeff, I'm sitting on my couch like those two people were. I'm gonna be in that water next week. We'll leave it up. Amen, Mark, you don't take that down. That'd be awesome if I said, Mark, don't take that down, yeah. right? <laughs> this morning, if this is you, when we get to the end of the service at the invitation time, there'll be people up here. You come to any of them and say, that should have been me. That should have been me. Maybe this morning you don't know that you're born again. Maybe you know for sure you've been born again, but you know your baptism needs to happen. You come this morning. We'll leave this up. We'll leave it up till candlelight. We'll start candlelight with it if we need to, all right? Because the waters should never stop flowing in the baptism of the church, amen? The church waters shouldn't stop moving. So if this is you, I'm, I'm going to give a little nugget, but if this is you, whether you're online or in the house, do not hesitate at the end of the service. You come up here and tell somebody, I want to be in there next week. We'll leave it up. We'll do it every week till candlelight. We'll keep doing it in 21, all right? Hey, Ephesians chapter 6, real fast. I got a nugget. Give me about 10 minutes, and I'll be off the stage, I promise, all right? Maybe 15, but I'm going to be off quick, okay? Ephesians chapter 6, all right? We're in a series called The Five of Your Life. Uh, we've talked about how to fight. We've learned that we're in a battle. I want to go briefly through uh, where we've been in, in today. Today is Ephesians six seventeen. It's the B side. We did A last week, the first part. We did, we're going to do the B side this side, all right? So let me go back and kind of recap real fast. Listen real quickly. All right, verse 10, he starts off by finally, all right? You know, finally is a big deal because if you're going to say finally, you better have said something worth listening to before that, and he did. All right, he said, finally, be strong in the Lord. I've said before, many people come to church to be with the Lord. Just because you come to church with the Lord or just because the church is here, I mean, because the Lord is here in the church, doesn't mean that, that, that Christ lives 
in you. He didn't say, be strong with the Lord. He said, be strong in the Lord. That's a big deal. That is, you're buried with Christ in baptism, been born again. You're raised to walk what? A new life. A new life. You have two birthdays, one by mama, one by Jesus, all right? Mom gave birth to you. Jesus gave birth to you. You're a born again child of the king, all right? He says you've got to be in the Lord. Very important. Secondly, verse 11, he says there are schemes. The devil has laid schemes. His deal is he wants to catch you, kill you, destroy you. That's it. But you, because you are in Christ, you can see it. And you can recognize that that's a trap laid by the enemy to catch you. That's what he wants to do. Listen, he didn't even make an apology. He just told you what he was going to do. He said, I'm going to try to steal you. I'm going to try to kill you. I'm going to try to destroy you. What a gentleman he is, all right? That's what he said. There's no mistaking. So he has schemes out there. Verse 12, we talked about the battle. The fight is not against flesh and blood. The enemy is not what we see. The enemy lies behind it. Dark world, demonic world, forces of not of this world, okay? That's, that's what we're battling against. Jesus said, you fight the right way. We're going to learn this morning what we have in our disposal to fight with. Many people fight the wrong way. I said in the first service, I've had a couple come to me. They've been married 27 years, and they've struggled for 27 years. I said, do both of y'all know the Lord? Yes. Both of you been scripturally baptized? Yes. How do you fight? They told me how they fight. I said, definition of insanity, and I said this in love, definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expect different results. Y'all got to learn how to fight different. You're not fighting right. You got to fight with the weapons that he gave you, the word and prayer, all right? We'll talk about more than the word in a little bit. You got to fight right. How are you fighting? You can't fight like the world. You can't, if you bench press a Buick, that's impressive, but it ain't going to work with the enemy, all right? You got to fight right, all right? Verse 13, we learned about standing. He says, when you've done everything to stand your ground, stand. You got to stand. If you're in Christ, you're strong and you can stand. If you're out of Christ, he's going to push you over like a wet pretzel, all right? Verse 14, we started putting on some armor. First one, belt of truth. Belt of truth. Not who people say you are, but who what? Who the Word says you are. He says, I made you. You're fearfully, wonderfully made. All the days of your life have been ordained. I wrote my name on you. He says, you're my child. This is who you are. You're joint heirs of me. I've adopted you. You're in my family. You're my kid. I'll fight for you. You're one of mine. When somebody tells you something other than that, you don't say, that's not what my mommy told me. No, you say, this is what the father said about me. You give him the word. You tell him who you are in the word, all right? You got to have the belt of truth buckled around you. If your belt's not buckled, your pants come down, it's embarrassing. You got to know, know the truth, and it's got to be buckled around you. Why? Because it holds everything else up, Okay. Breastplate of righteousness, verse 14, I'm not righteous because of me, I'm righteous because of Christ. I'm in Christ, so I have the righteousness of Christ. I can't be perfect, I can't be righteous, but I have at my disposal the ability through the Word of God, through the power of the Spirit, to be right with God. Every day he's working on me as wet clay, all right? Verse 15, we talked about feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. You got to have the shoes on to go in any terrain that God puts you at. 
You, you, you step out in the foreign territory. You step out in the battle. You step out where you've never been before. Your feet have got to be ready to have traction and footage so you don't get pushed around by the enemy. You don't get pushed over. You don't slip and fall. You have spikes on the bottom of your shoes. They hold you firm. You have what going before you? Peace. Peace of what? Peace that not the world gives you, but peace the Father gives you. I'm walking in peace. Now, the territory, the environment I'm walking into is scary. I don't know what I'm getting into. I don't understand it. I can't see it. But God leads me, and I have peace because I'm walking in his shoes. Okay, I have my shoes on. Sixteen, we talked about the shield of faith. Not a little kid's shield, big old shield. Jesus said, I give you the measure you will need of faith for everything that comes your way. The day you were hatched, Jesus gave you faith for everything that will come your way. You will never experience anything that God can't get you through and that he's not enough for. Listen to me. You... I don't know what I'm going to do, Jeff. Yes, you do. You're in Christ. You have a shield of faith. It is enough faith to walk you through it. Stay in your armor. Stay in that shield. Stay with that shield. He'll get you through it. God said, I've given you everything. My shield is big enough. It covers you. We talked about it being like a door, like an oblong door, all right? Not a little kitty thing, but a big old shield. Walk in that faith. It's enough. It's enough for anything, all right? Last week, the A part, we talked about the helmet of salvation. You gotta know that you know that you know that you know that you know. You will never step out in battle if you're constantly going, I don't know if I'm saved, I don't know if I'm saved, I don't know if I'm saved, I think I am, I think I am, let me call my mom. Don't call your mom when you're 42, it's embarrassing. You can call her for Mother's Day, you can call her and say, I love you, but don't call my mom and say, Mom, I'm 42 years old, am I, am I, sad? Am I a Christian? You should know that by now. You should know that. The word of God says that his spirit will agree with our spirit that you are a child of God's. You know if you're born again. You gotta know that. You will not walk out confidently in battle if you're not a child of God's, all right? What you saw this morning was a bunch of people over the last two months. That's 23 baptisms in two months, all right? That is people understanding that that helmet has gotta be secure because the enemy is gonna mess with your head. It's gonna mess with your head, all right? Today, let me get there. Ephesians 6, 17b, here's what he says. 6, 17b says, then take the sword of the spirit with which is the word of God. All this other stuff is a bunch of armor that you put on. Now you're about to pick up a kicktail weapon. You're gonna pick up the spirit the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You're gonna go now and fight with the word of God, okay? How would you like, if, if God gave you a weapon that you could rip to shreds the devil's schemes and attacks against you? You've got that weapon as the word of God. This is the weapon. Listen to me. Jesus said, I'm the word and I, am, I, I become flesh and dwelt among you. I am the word, the inerrant word of God. Jesus said, I needed to take the word, you need to take the word. Jesus said the word is all you need to fight your battle. Listen to me, I can say, devil, leave me alone in Jeff's name, that ain't going nowhere. Leave me alone in Jesus' name and he scatters. I can tell him a whole bunch of stuff that I can know, but that doesn't impress him. When I give him the word of God, he has to, he has to yield. He cannot handle the word of God. We'll see it in just a little bit, okay? So in this word here, he, I wanna break it down. He's got the sword of the spirit. This sword that he's talking about here is, it's a, it's a deadly sword. I mean, it's, it's a weapon for close combat. It's small, about 12, 18 inches, okay? And Roman soldiers had it and they would use it. 
it's kind of like a kind of like a corkscrew. It's a nasty knife. It's sharp on both edges. It's kind of got a corkscrew feel to it. It's, it's used for close battle. When they shove that into your gut, it does a lot of damage. I'm just telling you, okay? It is not, it is not a weapon for wounding anybody in battle. It's a weapon used to kill in battle. And Jesus said, my word is sharper than any two-edged sword. If that's, that's Hebrew 14, 12. He said, that sword will penetrate anything. When the enemy comes up against you and tells you you're a loser, or this or this, when he comes after your marriage, when he comes after your kids, when he comes after you, you take out the weapon and you shove it in him. Why? Because the devil is not gonna take you out. The devil is not a person that you wanna mess with. You can't mess with him. The word of God messes with him. You're a born-again child of the king, okay? A born-again child of the king, you have a weapon at your disposal. This is a dagger, Okay, this is a dagger-type sword, exceptionally brutal in weapon. It's similar to a corkscrew I talked about, about 12 to 18 inches long, all right? It's the same thing that Jesus says in Hebrews 4, 12, that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Listen to me. It penetrates bone and marrow. It penetrates, okay? That's the sword. You've got to use the sword in battle, okay? Now, let me show you something. Go in your Bible to Luke chapter 4 real fast. Luke chapter 4. I want you to see the importance of using the word of God. Here's what I want to ask you. If Jesus, the word, uses the word, don't you think you need to use the word? I mean, doesn't it make sense that I say, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus. So I follow him by the example he did on the cross, he died for me. I follow Matthew chapter three for believer's baptism. So if I'm going to follow Jesus, what I need, I need the word of God in me, all right? I need the Word of God. I need to store up the Word of God in me. I need to eat every day on the Word of God. I need to feast on the Word of God. I need an appetite of the Word of God. Why? Because in and out of season, Paul says, be ready. I mean, people don't do anything about the Word. Then all of a sudden, they need the Word, and they don't have it. You have to have the Word in you. If it's in the well, it'll come up in the pail. If it's not in the well, it won't come up in the pail. So when you need the word, you gotta have the word. And the word is what you use as a believer. So best example of sword power, the power of the sword and the spirit is found in Luke chapter four. Go there with me. I'm gonna show you three examples of when Jesus used the sword uh, in battle, okay? Now, when he uses the sword, it, it's, it's a lethal weapon, okay? The word of God in this text is what a Greek word called rima. The rima of the word is a quick word. It's a word that is used, it comes up in you, and it's, it's a word that is used to, to quickly distinguish or squash any plan the enemy has. It, it'll take him out, okay? So you've got to know the word so it comes up in you, in and out of season, when you're ready, okay? So look at example number one. If he, uh, this is Luke 4. It says, after the devil tempted Jesus with food, remember Jesus was taken to the wilderness right, and he was tempted by the devil. He hadn't eaten in 40 days. Jesus said, listen to me, you turn that stone into bread and you can eat it. Now listen to me, if you haven't eaten in 40 days, a stone even looks good. But Jesus said, no, no, no. He was tempted with food. In verse three, Jesus drew the sword of the spirit and he rebuked Satan. And he said this about the word, the rima. He said, it is written, 
Man does not live by bread alone. And to that answer, the enemy had no response. Guys, I want you to understand something. We're living in a day and age where knowing the word of God is vitally important. Vitally important. Now, you need the word in you because it's nourishment to us. You need the word in you because it gives you eyes to see the schemes. But you gotta have the rema or the word or the sword in you so that when you need it, you can draw from it. You gotta know the word. Let me ask you a quick question before I move on. How much time do you spend personally in the word? How much time? You say, well, Jeff, I go to Facebook and people will repost some scriptures, so I guess I got three or four a day. No, 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 no. Not what somebody else repost, which is beautiful. I mean, when you sit down and you got a plan and you start reading the word and the word comes alive and it sticks and you store it and you got it, the next day you store some more and the next day you store some more and the next day you store some more and all of a sudden you put all that hay in the barn and now you need it. And that storm comes and you don't have to worry about trying to go find some hay, you got hay and you draw from the word. Because I'm gonna tell you something, if you think for a minute that the enemy's not chasing your rear, you crazy, he's chasing your rear, he wants you. He's chasing your marriage, he's chasing your family, chasing your kids, he's chasing you. And he says, listen to me, I'm coming after you, I'm gonna kill, steal, and destroy you. And the only thing that stops the devil, only thing that stops the enemy is the word of God. You give him the word. If he tells you something, you fire back at the word. If your kids come home and say somebody said this to them at school, now you don't go up there and beat up that kid or their mama. You tell your child, you say, sons, sweetheart, let's go to the word. This is what the truth says about you, sweetheart. This is what God says about you. It doesn't matter what they say about you. This is the truth. You fire back at the truth. You fire back at the enemy with the truth every time. Look at example number two. Satan offers Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. He said, I give you everything in the world in exchange for what? in exchange for your worship, Jesus drew another rema, another quick word that came, and it wounded him deeply yet again. He said this in verse eight, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here's Jesus, the word, gets tempted by the word. He fires back, what, at the enemy with the word. The enemy comes against him, he tempts Jesus, the word, and Jesus takes the word and fires it back at him. I'm sorry, but if Jesus uses the word, Jeff must use the word. If Jesus used the word in battle, the church has got to use the word in battle. You're not going to be able to fight, even if you have all the armor on, if your sword's not weapon. You got to take that sword. You got to fire that sword. Example number three, Satan tempted Jesus to prove his deity. Remember, he said, throw yourself off. Angels will come and catch you before you strike the ground. Jesus answered him again with the sword. He said, do not put the Lord your God to test, verse 12. Jesus dealt the enemy another devastating blow. It says in here that the devil departed from Jesus. Here's three times he attacks Jesus. Three times Jesus uses the sword or the rema of God's word to do what? To fire back at him. When Jesus used the word, it says the enemy left him. (laughs) 
Well, if you want the devil to stop messing with you and your family and your kids and everything, what do you do? You do just what Jesus did. You absolutely fire back a rema of the Lord, the sword of the Lord, the word of God. But if it's not in you, you're gonna have a hard time finding it, okay? You gotta hide the word in your heart so you may not sin against him. You gotta be able to draw that rema at any time. James' word tells us that draw near to God, okay? And he will draw near to you, all right? The devil will what? Flee. When you use the word, the sword, the enemy will flee. In that same passage, that the beginning of the passage in verse one of Luke four, Jesus said, it says in there that Jesus, full of the spirit. Listen to me. When you are full of the spirit, as Paul said, keep in step with the spirit, be filled with the spirit, okay? Be immersed in the spirit. Be filled from your toe to your head in the spirit of the Holy Spirit of God. Every day, God, fill me fresh, fill me fresh, fill me fresh. When you're spirit-filled and you got a weapon, the rema of the word of God, those two together make an unbeatable force. You absolutely spirit-filled, speak in the spirit, the word of God to the enemy. When you do that, you got power. You have power when you do that. The sword of the spirit is a supernatural spiritual weapon that renders the devil powerless. If you wanna cripple the devil, if you wanna stop the devil, if you wanna take the devil out, if the devil's messing with you and you're tired about it, you can't just you know, bench press a Buick, which is impressive. You've gotta use the power of the word of God. The word of God and that power, the sword of the spirit, that power is what squashes and renders the enemy and nothing else. So church, I'm gonna tell you right now, it is time for the church to get some word. You gotta pull yourself up to the buffet table every sunrise, and you pick up fork, knife, spoon, and when Jesus serves the word, you gobble it up. You eat it up, because there will come a day when that is be accounted for. I didn't like pop test in school. I still don't like pop test in school, all right? As you can guess, I didn't do well on pop test in school. Why? Because I didn't read a chapter until I had to read a chapter for a test. But the problem is sometimes he tested before the test. That meant I wasn't ready. I would get mad at the teacher. But you know who I should have got mad at? Me. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble but I've overcome the world. In this world, you need to eat from the word. In this world, you will be tested, you'll be tried. You will have tests of all shapes and sizes and they will come in and out of season and you have to know the word and the word is what stops the enemy from messing with you. You gotta know the word. Your sword, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. This morning, how's the word in your life? How much word's in your life? How much do you use the word? It's the greatest weapon you got, church. I'm gonna ask you to stand. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on up. I know somebody timed that. You can tell me after church, all right? When I say a time, when a pastor says a time, I guarantee you somebody's clocking it, all right? If you're on the ministry team, I'm gonna invite you to come at this time as well. Just like I started this morning, I said, we can leave that baptismal waters, we can leave it up forever. This morning, if you're in the house and you say, Jeff, that's me, 
Should have been there. Should have been there. Whether you are here or maybe you're online and you say, I've never been born again. Well, you can pray and receive Christ right there on your couch or wherever you're at. In here, you can do the same thing. You can come to somebody and let them pray for you. But if you're here and you know you're born again, but you know you haven't been baptized either, you need to get baptism right, you come this morning, you tell us next week, we'll leave it up, we'll baptize you, okay? Heck, I'll take a dozen more next week. I'll take 47 next week. I'll take 107 next week. It doesn't matter, all right? But if that's you, you come. Church this morning, how much word, how much word are you eating? How much word is in you? Because it's the greatest weapon you got against the enemy. If the enemy's messing with you, you got to use the word. If you don't know the word, what you going to use? You got to use the word. You got to know the word. It's a sharp, edged sword that penetrates and takes out the enemy. The word of God is what you need. And if you got it in you, you got to use it. You got to speak it. Amen. So this morning, ask yourself, Father, I need more word. You got word. Just go eat. Just go eat. If you need baptism, salvation, you come this morning. This time is for you as we worship. If God has spoken to you about anything, you come this morning. All right, let me pray. Father, we love you. You're good, God. You're so good. We love you. We celebrate you. Thank you. God, thank you for all that you've done this morning. But God, thank you that your kids have a weapon. It's a lethal weapon. It's called the Word of God. It is sharp. It, it, it will take the enemy out. And so, God, I pray that you will empower your church, corporate and little, with the Word of God, that we can start fighting the right way. We can start battling the right way. We know the Word. And out of the overflow of the heart, our mouth speaks the Word back. God, we love you. Empower your church today. Do what you need to do. If there is someone that's sounding my voice or even online that needs to follow the Lord in salvation, they need to get born again, they come this morning. If someone needs to be baptized this morning and follow the Lord in baptism, they come this morning and say, that's me, I need to be baptized. But God, you move them today for your glory and your honor. In Christ's name, amen. As we worship, if you need to come this morning, you come, church. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.